You are at war with yourself and likely don't realize it. Your thoughts, beliefs, habits, and actions often sabotage you. Are they helping you overcome adversity or setting you up for failure? To win this battle, you must connect with your inner warrior. We all have a warrior within us, one that strengthens our resolve and helps us to rise to meet life's challenges. If you're just surviving rather than thriving, then it's time to embrace the warrior archetype, live the warrior ethos, and ascend. If you are a veteran, first responder, or someone looking to take charge of your life, find your tribe, and then be the hero of your own story, this podcast is for you. Join Mike Kinney and Matt Hastings, two retired U.S. Army officers who served in U.S. Army Special Operations and Army Aviation Units, as they share with you optimal performance practices they learned in their time with the Military and Warriors Ascent, a 501c3 nonprofit that helps veterans and warriors with PTS. All right, everyone, welcome to the Warriors Ascent podcast. I'm Mike. This is Matt. Episode three. Episode three. Um, warrior ethos. So, uh, you know, welcome back. Glad you are all here. So, when we talked last time, it really centered on warrior archetype. You know, this notion that a warrior archetype resides in everybody, you know, and that you tap into that to overcome adversity. And that's absolutely critical. But the question then becomes, you know, how is it that you manifest that? You know, what, what does the warrior archetype look like in execution? And as we, you know, said in the pilot, you know, we want you to embrace your warrior archetype and live the warrior ethos. So bottom line, hey, it's living the warrior ethos is the way to, I'll say, manifest that archetype. And the subject of this podcast is going for today is, is going to focus on that. Like we'll, we'll talk about, well, you know, what does that look like? You know, what are the values? You know, what are the ethos that, uh, that you know, embody the warrior archetype? So with that said, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll point to our, our, you know, our symbol here with the Latin prudentia, fortitudo, and gravitas, right? So our, I'll call them our cardinal virtues. But uh, so uh, prudentia, we'll start with that. So prudentia, right? Sound decision-making, logic, reasoning. Really, bottom line, what we're trying to encapsulate with that is sound decision-making, right? Choosing the right course of action. Um, I don't want to say not making mistakes because you got to put yourself out there, but really um, focusing on disciplining your mind is really the bottom cutting line. Cutting through distractions, cutting through inner voice telling you you can't do it. Yeah, staying focused, right? Staying resolute, right? But, you know, doing the right things, doing the right things for the right reasons. Um, you know, again, making, making sound decisions. I say logic, um, logic and reasoning. Uh, we live now in an era where people are emoting, right? Emotions, right. And, and we are all emotional creatures, emotional beings. We get that. But when you can't subordinate your emotions to logic, you know, when you're doing, you know, what they say in psychological terms, emotional reasoning, um, that, does not, that does not serve us well. So that's why, you know, for us, prudentia is, is you know, a, I'll, I'll say a, very important virtue because it, it drives and it governs behavior, our, our thoughts, discipline, all of that. And it's not to say that the warrior ethos doesn't incorporate emotion. 
It does. It just means that you are in command of your emotions. I love it. And that you are driving the ship. That you don't, you're not going to let chaos descend amongst your outcomes because you didn't, you know, you didn't embrace us. You didn't focus. You didn't have prudentia. No, I love it, man. No, exactly. Mm. B- bottom line is, hey, if, uh, hey, the words got a degree of, you know, passion and conviction. We're not, you know, emotionless automatons. Um, right. to, to Matt's point, I mean, you've got that passion and that conviction, and that is, you know, an emotion, but never to the point where it's not governed by logic and reasoning, because then it's unbridled, and uh, you run into real issues there. You're, you're doing emotional reasoning, and I think as many can attest that that doesn't always end well, right? So yeah. that's why we find that to be so important. You know, the next one is fortitude. Oh, fortitude. Um, grit determination, perseverance. The hard stuff. The hard stuff. I mean, you could even take it a level further and say, you know, anti-fragility, not only just being resilient, but coming back even better, stronger right. after adversity. This is another one we talk about uh, victimhood and, and, and don't slip into this feeling that it's all happened to me and it could have happened to you, and, um, but you can't stay the victim. You just can't. Um, I mean, to your point, what we that say grit, worries That dedication, sense. that's... You know, the resiliency, those words, that, what that means is all those words are the hard, hard, hard legwork it takes. Right. You know, and that's the, that's the stuff that's really, you know, and unless you're a certain kind of person, you may not make it Yeah, through whatever it is, you know, fortitude. That's right. The fortitude, you know, the ability to persevere. But what I was going to say is, you know, words to send, we like to say, hey, bad things happen to good people. We see that all the time. Right with our veterans and first responders, many of whom have been through some really bad situations, whether in the conduct of their jobs or even just like in childhood and stuff like that. So bad things happen to good people and we get that. But really, you know, in terms of fortitude, it, it is, you know, it, it may not be your fault, as they say. I think that's, uh, you know. Um, but there's a way to turn it into strength somehow. Yeah, I mean, it's not it may not be your fault that something bad happened to you, but it's your responsibility in terms of how it is that you're going to move past that. And that really, quite frankly, is where fortitude comes in. Is all right, I've got to move past this. I've got to deal with this. I've got to overcome this. And that's absolutely critical. Because the or because the or else is is what I mean. Right. It has to work because it has to work. That's sometimes what I would say, and it's you know it seems like. A, bad cliche or whatever but there's times when you just got to get through something and the only really way to do is grit your teeth and let it happen you know and be strong yeah and last you know in as much as you know our you know our symbol is concerned but uh gravitas so translates literally into gravity but you will say the gravity of the situation right but that really is intended to be i'll say somewhat of a catch-all where we're talking about you know solemnity, commitment, um, really trying to embody you know, a, a, a solemn commitment to the task at hand, duty, responsibility, seriousness, you know, this notion that, hey, I don't take this endeavor lightly. Um, I'm going into this with solemn commitment to either serve or to persevere or to be better. And I think why that's important, you know, again, today is because people are driven to distraction. You know, that, that commitment that I, I will commit to this endeavor in the long haul or to being a, 
good father, good husband, uh, you know, a good man, good woman, you know, whatever it might be. I mean, that is a solemn commitment that is not to be taken lightly. Um, you know, and that's why we, we have that as one of our cardinal virtues. And then, of course, you know, uh, Vincent Kiste Vincent, which is he conquers who conquers himself. So a constant reminder that, uh, hey, when life assails you and you're, uh, you're, you know, I'll say your human default is that, you know, oh my God, why is this happening to me? You got to do your own work, right? Don't play the victim. You know, figure out, okay, what is it that I can control? What can I control? What can I do? What can I do to move forward? Um, yeah, and, and do your own work. You can't change others. All you can do is change yourself. And, uh, you know, say that level of agency, you know, understanding that, that, you know, you do have that agency over your thoughts, you know, over your, your emotions and actions. You know, that's super important. And I think, geez, I want to say I'll attribute it to General Krulak when he was Marine Corps Commandant. I want to say one of the things that he changed in Marine Basic was empowering young Marines to, uh, I'll say during situational training exercises, he would put them in charge. And they're like, well, these are young Marines, they're boots, what are you put them in charge for? And really what he wanted to do was exercise their quote-unquote locus of control. This notion that, you know, you do have control, right, of certain things. And you, you when in charge, take charge. And that that's empowering, you know, and yeah. that that is a, a, a fundamental human need. And when people feel that they have no agency or no control, that they're just victims, um, that's, that's disempowering. And I, that's not what we're about. And, and most certainly, you know, with the people that we've served, that's, uh, you know, that, that's that an important factor. That local, you know, empowerment. And, and that was something I learned a lot from great leaders that I loved is to empower down to your next level subordinate leader, you know, and have them grab that gravitas and say, no, hey, you got a big piece. It's, you know, not for some of your rank, but we trust you. And that, and how that builds in here. We had a thing when you finally made pilot in command of an aircraft. And, you know, you're not that much smarter than you were yesterday. But now I'm the pilot in command and everything that happens is my fault. You know, so the, the, yeah. when I first, my very first flight and they put me at the second lieutenant, which is really rare to see a second lieutenant in the units in aviation because it just takes so long to get through flight school. But I'm like, man, I'm a W01. And this is a second lieutenant. We're flying out of Seoul, Korea, down the river, you know. And it's like, I could hear things in that helicopter that I didn't hear the day before when I was second in command, you know, like it steps it up. It steps your game up. It steps up my awareness. And I started learning more because of that, you know, just, and it's, I think, you know, and it's another thing I wanted to just say is that the warrior people that would need the warrior at the ethos to live that are a certain class of people we discussed, you know, these are service oriented people that would go into jobs like the military, like, fire like ems like healthcare, whatever it is and maybe healthcare to the exception but um they're not they're not going in there for the paycheck mostly right, right. like you know we didn't make a whole lot of money even a four-star general didn't make a lot of money hell of a lot more than we did but well, it wasn't they do okay they, they do okay <laughs> but, but compared to their contemporaries but they're not a ceo, know, CEO of a major, yeah, yeah we're, not. We're, the responsibility level they have accountability they have is not nearly you know, financially compensated like it would be in the yeah. Well, they got a lot, lot, lives at stake. I mean, right, geez. and exactly. Uh, and so it's it's about doing that thing that's bigger than you, right? It's joining 
the the bigger thing and and having a bigger goal um and just being a piece of that you know and not the star of it or whatever so you're already working with people that are you know set to to think a certain way and be a certain way and and uh they're the ones that are to look for in this warrior ethos. Well, I think, you know, when, when they talk about having your tribe, you know, finding your tribe, you know, that, that's important. And I think a lot of that stems from, quite frankly, and I'll speak to our experience in the military, knowing what people stand for, you know, what it is they value by and large. And it's not that it's necessarily prescribed to you. It kind of is like, hey, this, these are the army values and hence now they are, they are your values. And you would hope that somebody embraces that willingly and that they're not just like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll say whatever, you know, just to be a part of the team, that people really truly internalize that. And I think most do, especially if you're a career military person, no doubt. Um, and we'll speak, you know, we'll speak to some, we'll, we'll break out, you know, some of those, those, I'll call them cardinal virtues for us into things that are maybe a little bit more intuitive. Um, but I think where people run into trouble are our service members, you know, and even our first responders is the very nature of the job that they do, I think, necessitates an adoption of these, these virtues. It's almost just the price of doing business. You know, so some of them I'll talk about, you know, integrity, courage, uh, you know, honor, discipline, loyalty, um, service, respect, and selflessness as examples. And we could have a laundry list of them, but we'll, we'll use those as a point of departure. But I, I think, again, that's the price of doing business. That's the price of entry, to be honest with you. You know, you go into that, if you don't have the integrity or courage or discipline to make it through training um, and then to do your job, I mean, you've got no place in the military. So it's, it's kind of an assumed given that when somebody shows up to your unit, that they have that. And I don't know if that's something that's in other branches of the service or in, you know, maybe the police force, it's a paramilitary-like organization. But, you know, they did put these dog tags on us and they had the acronym <laughs> leadership. And, right. and, they, and I was looking at these belief systems that were written down here and they're the, they're the same values. Um, the same ones, only we put them in an acronym like the Army does. But some of the ones I really thought were important to me, um, one of them was the selfless service. And we're kind of kicking that around right now. It's like, I don't know why. I, I know I wanted to fly helicopters. Are you kidding me? But I thought I was serving myself a little bit by just go, I'm just going to do the initial thing. And then I'm going to go off to the airlines. It was just a stepping stone. But what had happened to me is these darn value systems grabbed a hold of me. And I really liked the tribe, right? The other one I really love, in this one it said courage, but in the Army they in particular say personal courage. And I always really liked that one, and it guided me a lot of times when I was, you know, freaking scared, to be honest with you. Like, I know we're going out on a really shit mission tonight, and I know the bad guy's going to be there, and I know we're going to do a pretty hairy raid. And everybody's going to make me be the guy that's the main planner, the main guy in front, and the one who's going to keep this stuff together the whole time. That's a lot of pressure, right? So, I don't know. I would just, I really would think about these damn things on my dog tags. When you fly, you can definitely have your dog tags on. And I'd look at those and that personal courage, man, I would just have to sit there and really figure out how to, you know, I was already in the warrior ethos. I was already being the warrior, but I had to super warrior it sometimes, you know, and I'm sure you may feel the same way. And other people do the same way, but 
Um, those were some of the ones. And I, I just like this, this whole thing with duty, respect, honor, integrity. I mean, those are just like, those belong for anybody and everybody. You know, just I, I feel like something we should be teaching to our high school. Now, maybe they are, I don't know, but it doesn't feel like we're coming out with the kind of values you know, that we did. But I'll also mention that it got more important to me the older I got, the more rank I got, the more engaged in the deeper planning of the army and the bigger picture of the army, rather than just being a guy doing what they're told to do, you know? Well, I think, I mean, to your point, I think to your point, being a part of a unit, you know, I think that, you know, that, that unit, you know, again, aviation, army, you know, in my case, I'll say the military academy, uh, you know, all of it, they've got their own, I'll say, culture and ethos, which, you know, as, as I kind of mentioned before, the price of entry is the adoption of that. And, and whether, you know, somebody's like, ah, oh, yeah, hey, I'll say it, but not really believe it. Okay. I don't think they flourish. I think people truly to go through the ringer that you and I have both gone through and endure a lot of stuff. I think you, you really do have to truly em embrace, you know, what it is that they're saying. So, you know, at the military caddy, duty on our country. And yeah, in, in, in many regards, you're, 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 you know, I, I know it's alive and well, but you know, the sense of duty, um, you know, to a higher purpose, you know, honor, you know, honor and integrity, doing the right things, even nobody's you know, looking, I'm even when anyway. nobody's looking, right, exactly, because mm -hmm. you know, it's the honorable and right thing to do. That's important. And then lastly, country, I mean, John F. Kennedy, right, ask, you know, not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country, right? Okay, are we do we are we still doing that? Or if it's like, hey, what can I get? What am I getting out of this? You know, that sense of higher purpose. Um, you I get mean, that in the military. And I mean, as you pointed out, you know, you're like, hey, flying a helicopter is great. It's fun. It's a great skill. But then there's a point at which you're like, hey, man, I could die doing this, you yeah. know? But you're good with that because you're like, oh, because that, that's my role. It's what I do. It's my contribution. Yeah, I need the adventure. You know, and the army needs me. And, need and this is my contribution. Yeah, it's my contribution. I, you know, I, it's, I always thought about it. This is my war machine. You know, this is how I bring it to the enemy. And it may not be what everybody thinks about when they go to watch, you know, Navy SEALs or whatever on TV or on the movies. But it's, it's what, how we're bringing the fight and we're bringing it every day and it's hard and, you know, it's behind the scenes. And, you know, this transitions back to coming home. And especially when you've been entrenched with that warrior ethos at all times. And in fact, amongst our own populations, we sniff out ones that aren't living up to the value system to the standard because I was a standards guy and I'll find you I'll find you not <laughs> living up to my standard and I'll bring you up to the standard right but then when we get home you know I, I think for me it was at every deployment return driving around and just noticing nobody cares nobody cares and then once I retired yeah. it got really bad for me seeing the lack of you know, anybody living by these, these unbelievably good value systems, loyalty, duty, respect, or, or thinking that I already have those inherently, you have to treat me a certain way. You, I come, you know, you must already give me respect without any earning of that respect or 
the fact that I people could speak to me in a disrespectful way, and I'm thinking, do you have any idea? You know, and it's like once you start telling yourself, do you know what I've done for you? That's time to like. Well, for I mean, me, it was like time to not have those yeah, conversations. Yeah, I mean. I, I hear you there because a, a lot of people don't understand, you know, they've, they've not, they don't understand what you've been through. But, you know, the other thing too is kind of like entitlement versus, you know, rite of passage. You know, that's another thing in military, obviously very structured. Um, you, have to earn you, it. Come, you come up through the ranks, you know, you're not given anything. You've got to th go through all the wickets, you know, CW1, right? Second lieutenant, boom, 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 boom. And, uh, and you're doing crappy jobs. You're doing the extra duty that nobody wants to do. You know, and it's because you're low man of the totem pole and you're earning your bones and again the rite of passage thing. And then finally you get to where you're a CW4, you're very accomplished. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna speak to myself, but you know, Lieutenant Colonel. Right. Okay, I mean I have I've done some things, I've I've earned some things, you know, and then you come out in the world and you know, this this unbridled sense of entitlement, and you kind of scratch your head and you're like, Well, what have you done? What have you done? What have you earned? Right. Well, you know. Here I am, and I'm entitled to this or that, and that doesn't sit well with a lot of people, especially not military people that have earned pretty much everything they've gotten. But yeah, we could go on and on, and I want to get overly negative, but those are the things, those are the, I'll say, the friction points that, uh, you know, that we deal with a lot. You know, and I think, you know, again, not going on a tirade, but it is a function of the units and the, the organizational cultures to which we belonged. I'll say the ethos and the values that were predominant in those organizations. And then I'll say the level of disjointedness, you know, when you come out and you're like, okay, these are valued by everybody. Right. And it's like, they're know, just not, not really, man, you know, and that, that can be an issue. And I know with our warriors, you know, bringing it back to that with our warriors, that becomes a really big issue because whether, again, whether you're a veteran, first responder, whatever. I can't even mention being a policeman right now. Well, I know, you know, and, and how, like you said, very aptly put, they go out every day. They're not in a theater. They rotate back and, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm safe now. They're on the beat all the time. Firefighters getting It called. never ends for them, it right? It never ends, you know, and then they have to embrace these values, I would submit to you, out of absolute necessity. This is the prerequisite to do your job. And then, you know, when they're faced with other people that just kind of don't understand or don't care, or, or even more, not even don't care, they just don't them. value it. Yeah, they don't value it. And you're providing them a service to the community and they don't even understand. So for me, that I started feeling like nobody gets it. You know, and what I found out, that's, that's not true. Well, people, there's a lot of us that embody all this. And we all are sitting, not all of us, but a lot of us are sitting back. You know, but what, what we can do here, and I think what this is all about is, is starting this movement, you know, of don't take this anymore. We're not, we're not victims. We've got a lot to give. And we have these values that we already understand. We already know how to bring our warrior. We may not know how to turn it off. We may need some adjustments here and there. But there's a lot of help out there. And, you know, Warrior's Ascent was, was my favorite one and the one that I'm going to spend all my time on because because it worked for me and that's, that's all that I needed to say for me. But, um, you know, I think that when you do discover and you, you know, there's a cohort, there's a cohort happening right now and they come in and they're quiet and it takes them some time to realize, Hey, these people all around me, they all think like, I think they have the value system I have. They're going through similar things, looking at people that don't value what they value 
and we can have our own communities again, our own tribes again. You know, we just have to stitch these networks of people together that are there, you know, helping each other with this quest, this journey of, you know, finding out what, how to become that enlightened warrior or that, you know, the, the queen or the, the lover, the empath, whatever we need help with, you know, in particular, I think we're experts at the warrior piece. Uh, we're trying to be, I'm not, I'm trying to learn from you and, um, continue my journey through life. But I've learned, I've learned a lot about this. And I think that structuring this thought pattern in this manner has been very effective for me. No, I'd say the power of speaking to warriors sent, you know, our, our 501, you know, C3 program that helps, uh, veterans and first responders to post-traumatic stress. Um, what we see, what's powerful, you know, I'll, I'll say a powerful modality or approach in terms of addressing, you know, mental health, post-traumatic stress, whatever it might be, aside from the curricular, right? Cognitive behavioral therapy, self-care. What you brought up was being with other people very much like themselves. And it's not all veterans, all first responders. It's, it's you know, a, a collection. A good collection. But shared, I'll say shared trauma, you know, in that they've dealt with, you know, a lot of very similar things and... Um, again, that value system, I think that maybe is the commonality, you know, that uh, not only if they shared, you know, or shared trauma, you know, something that they can relate to, but um, same, same types of values in, in having to do what it is that they have to do. Um, so I think that's, that's a powerful piece. Well, the there. You know, the diversity we had as a military organization and we were kind of blind to it, but at the same time, um, it was so powerful for us and we can do that again. And we have that same kind of diversity that happens at Warriors Ascent between the different types of first responders and different warriors that show up there. And when we have each other's back again, you know, when you're out there at some of those ceremonies and you see people grabbing a hold of somebody who just read the most emotional letter you've ever heard and that the way the team grabs them, the tribe grabs them or her, her, you know, it's, it's a powerful thing that, is you know hard to understand unless you witness it and um so i you know your program is the thing that's really helped me and i've got this real mission to to shed that light to other warriors too and i'm with you like crazy when you asked me if i wanted to join a movement to uh, not only help veterans with ptsd and first responders not commit suicide but to thrive drop the victimhood and like let's freaking thrive let's let's not just live not and when survive. you said that to me, yeah, I said, I am. Not just survive, but thrive. Yeah, no, and, and flourish. So. No, so bottom line, you know, getting back to the, uh, the uh, warrior ethos and, you know, in closing, you know, trying to, trying to bring it back. Um, Marcus Aurelius says, waste no more time talking about what a good man is. Be one. You know, so you can debate all day long what constitutes a good man. I like right? this a lot. But the bottom line is you, you got to execute. So that's where I think, hey, warrior archetype is empowering, knowing hey, it resides in all of us. But how does one execute? How does one operationalize the warrior? And to me, it's living the warrior ethos. I mean, that's key. So again, we've got prudentia, fortitudo, and gravitas. I mean, those are the, you know, the uh, cardinal virtues, I'll say, that, that govern the way, you know, we hope to show up. 
But, you know, breaking that out even further, having integrity, courage, honor, discipline, right? Loyalty, service, respect, selflessness, a sense of duty. Bottom line is getting back to what you're saying. Hey, the movement, how do you make that change? And when you see things where, you know, man, do people even value that anymore? You know, again, he conquers who conquers himself. The best way to do that is to live these ethos, these virtues, set the example yourself and be, I'll say, a shining exemplar. Lead by example, you know, as they say you in the military, the, you know, principles of leadership. Um, you put out well, this energy and you'll find the energy coming back. Yeah. Yep. No, so I think really, you know, that, that is the thing to do is live the ethos, set the example, be a person of integrity, courage, all of it, um, and set a great example. And hopefully others will follow suit, you know, by, by your great example and say, hey, I want more of, I, I want more of that. I want to be like that. Because that person is flourishing. So that's our hope for everybody. Awesome, Mike. Great job. Appreciate your Appreciate experience you, and expertise. Bam. Bam. There it is. Hi. Matt Hastings here, sending a thank you for watching this episode of the Warriors Ascent podcast. You know, we strive to build a community of warriors made up of our nation's veterans and first responders, and to reach as many of those in need as possible, we need your help. Please just smash that like button and comment or share our content. Warriors Ascent is a Kansas City-based nonprofit that aids veterans and first responders with PTS. I went through this effective program and want those that are struggling to find what I found. Check us out on our website at warriorsdescent.org.